This is at Trustworthy Slav. This is at Incognito, C-O-H. CRK, Black.com, build. This is the Fed Post. So, yeah. Well, see, now I just made it not seamless at all. It's like this. <laughs> just literally stopped for it, which we never do. I think it's going to be fine because I think we probably need to uh, introduce it by explaining that for the next couple of weeks here, me and Slav are going to be running the show. Uh, yeah, so the so, show's about to get good. Yeah, it's about to get based uh, astronomically. <laughs> yeah, so I think we got a couple weeks doing this and uh, yeah, dude, fucking patients running the asylum. Whoa, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. About to yeah. get some uh, some unhinged rants in. About to get some, you know, red brown scare going on. A little Nazball action. Oh no, this is the Nazball post, one hundred percent. Now I might even just name the episode that. <laughs> but and uh, so I have a list of topics of stuff that's like relevant, as I was just telling you a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that maybe you know I'm leaving a big enough slot in there for talking about time is a real pill oh um, yeah yeah you, you know i was actually talking with a friend about that last night mm-hmm. uh so yeah I'm, I'm into that yeah i think i think the the mind wants uh uh current affairs but the heart wants schizo talk <laughs> yeah the heart wants uh, some incoherent ramblings about the nature and fabric of reality <laughs> exactly but all right here um Man, I'm going to be fucking rigid with this hosting. Uh, so the first thing I got on the docket here is, uh, I guess the House just passed a, a gun reform bill. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to get just like turned out in fucking Senate. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's going to get torn apart. Um, but we were just talking about it, I think last week. And it's this the usual suspect. It's, it's not the usual suspects, but it's pretty much what we... We're saying, which is, I guess, it's capacity limits and age restrictions. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's what they were. It's what they were talking about. Yeah, it's what they were talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I still feel the same way as I talked about it last time, which is just, I mean, basically just slippery slope logic. It's my argument. Yeah, I'm like, I, I feel like for me, the populist in me is like, if. If it's a common and popular opinion to discuss like quote unquote common sense gun reforms, which are that's a whole can of worms, even the phrase in itself. Um, right. Well, yeah, the, common sense is like a propagandist term fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I I like to uh, I like to throw common sense around every now and again because some folks just don't got it. But oh, it's a great term. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you mean putting it on a political label uh, or any type of set of. I don't know, bills or anything like that. It's going to be, it's that in itself is a slippery slope because there's no consensus on what is common sense. Uh, there's no real consensus on just like the general nature of reality that's going on around. Right. Us, like so. a search, like realism. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. So I, but the issue is that I do think that especially among youngish people, uh, there's a pretty popular sentiment to like, I don't know, do background checks or whatever. And that's something that like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, 
there this is a slippery slope it opens the door and like what are they gonna make a background check and that kind of thing but like mm-hmm. in my heart it's like i do think that and i saw someone saying this on a patreon like they said that they had a friend who's you know schizophrenic I saw, and I was able this. to go out and get a gun and i have a friend that shot himself with a gun uh and i have friends have died of gun violence and stuff which for reasons that are just like just stupid you know what i mean um and and there there may be something to like logically yeah it would make sense to make sure that people who are like actually unhinged don't have access like ready access to getting you know very destructive weapons um but then it's like well who's unhinged and who's not um so that's really like that i don't know i i am open to like talking about it and i am relatively like i understand that where they're coming from but i think at the end of the day yeah i still am pretty firmly like we i don't think we should uh start encroaching on the gun rights at all but like i understand the discussion i think logically uh -hmm. or like not even logically but just like if there were if in an ideal world I would maybe agree with let's get yeah, some we're like checks, we're like know? going to the table assuming there's like goodwill and like an honest discussion going on here it, it doesn't seem that bad i think i think given the context and everything uh of just everything that's it's happened that we just like lived through two years of house yeah. arrest that giving up our guns seems a little giving up our guns see i'm, I'm talking so kind of hyperbole but yeah it, it's it's a little rich right now i will say ultimately um age restrictions uh, I, I'm less I'm less keen on uh, the magazine stuff because then that also gets into just like that that gun nerd shit of just being like, well, when you you know kind of parse out the details, it's kind of like incoherent and in, um, yeah. enforcement all the time. But uh, the age restriction thing, I mean, I'm not really going to lose too much sleep over that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge all of this stuff's place in a larger trend. And a win for a polit- like for political interests that I'm diametrically opposed to. Mm-hmm. But as far as all the ways in which my adversary can win, um, uh, and all the ways I want to argue against my adversaries politically, uh, I think that at, at age, I can't really argue too strong against that. Uh, outside of outside of just opposing it by virtue of what it is, which is you know, hindering the, uh, you know, workers access to, to guns and, and just the common person's access to guns, which is something I'm against. But, but yeah, I mean, I, dude, I think about how, like the person I was when I was 18 years old, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like really glad I didn't have access to a gun. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I did in a way, but, um, yeah, I mean, and it's that's no good. I mean, I'm you know completely different person. I'm a completely different person than who I was at 25. You know, um, it's just there's no, and it's and it's and it's generally always an improvement. Like with age, like when you're 18, you're a piece of shit. That's like yeah, that's you, that's the that's the position, right? Is like 18 year olds are retarded pieces of shit, uh, and you know, they can fuck their lives up very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you think about, what do you think about um, just the whole idea that you could, you know, get a fucking gun to blow somebody's brains out, but you can't, you know, buy a fucking six pack of beer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the logical argument, right? Or it's like, you can join the military at, right. you know, 18 
or whatever. They're going to recruit you right out of high school. Right. Uh, so why couldn't you just have a gun, you know, here? It's uh, just like regular person. So yeah, I feel like that's that's a logical argument that I understand. Yeah, I I would. I don't know. I like you're saying. I wouldn't really lose too much sleep, I guess, over an age restriction. But also at the same time, it's like I don't know, dude. Eighteen year olds. It depends what your living situation is, and it depends what just what your path is in life. You know, there's nuance. So like, there may be people who are perfectly fine with a gun at 18 years old because they, you know, they were exposed to them and around them their whole lives. And like living in the South, uh, there's, that's a pretty big culture. It's people who hunt and people who have just have guns because there's a lot of unincorporated property and county land that you can just go and shoot guns on. Um, You can just like go put bottles out or shoot guns at them. And so that's kind of a big culture there. And, you know, it's like a family thing where it's like generational and like, you know, your your dad will take you out hunting or you and your friends and you'll have pretty good understanding of weapons and like their consequences and, you know, safe use of them. And, you know, depending on what your path is, how many troubles you have, and, you know, either personally or externally, um, you may be someone who is a in the right headspace to own and operate a gun safely. Um, even if you don't have the right ideas necessarily or have everything figured out, or if you're an 18 year old, who's like, you know, I think at the, as a teenager, a lot of people are lost. I think a lot of people are lost in our society just in general. Right. But as a teenager, it's a little bit more pressing because it's, I feel like a, there's pressure on you to figure out what's going on. Um, cause you're about to go on to either working a job or going to college or, you know, whatever, there's big choices that are coming up for the first time that you've really had to make, you know, choices like that for yourself, sparing certain circumstances, of course. Um, and so I think that there are some people who go through that and they come out a little bit more intact and they remain intact through it, um, and would be fine having firearms. And so then it comes into a question of like, do you want to make a blanket law or something that says that you can't? And also there's people who may live in situations where having a firearm is maybe not a necessary thing, but it would be a good idea. Um, If you're someone who goes out on long backpacking excursions out in like, you know, the mountainous West or something, um, you'd want to have something that you could protect against bears with, et cetera mountain right. lions you know or i mean i know that's a crazy example as well because that's not many people um but like if you're someone who lives in a very crime-ridden area and you are the sole head of your household at that age or whatever you know these things are that might be a good option for you if you feel like you're mentally i think it comes down to the individual choice here um ultimately and i guess that's a libertarian take but it's like i think that an age restriction of like, I don't know, 16, 18 or older, like whatever is in place now, generally, I'm kind of fine with, let's just not go much further. Like we don't need to be adding shit. I mean, I think, I think what we're really talking about here, cause I agree, right? I think the real meat on the bone here is more just, um, this isn't something that the federal government should be dictating, right? Yeah. This is some, like, obviously, um, uh, a, a, a 12-year-old in, like, Appalachia who's, like, steeped in this culture that you're talking about mm-hmm. 
is is probably is is more prepared for gun ownership than like some fucking deranged freak in like New York City who's a blogger will be yeah. like his entire basically his entire life right and so and and I'm not saying that like that fucking blogger should never be you know able to um able to own a firearm or something like that right but um it, it's it's just one of these things of you know, we're talking about the contours of this issue and the nuance and the complexity. And I mean, really the takeaway in reality is just that at this level, like they're not going to be making any reforms and changes with a scalpel. They're going to be doing it with like a fucking baseball bat. Yeah. Right. And so it is just going to be retarded shit, like flat age restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess I have to kind of judge it just by virtue of like what it is, which is like federal government, you know, is going to fuck us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah, 21 years old. Sure. Um, again, I'll reiterate, this isn't going to happen because like it's going to die in Senate. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah you know what, you know what I'm you know what I'm saying just just less about that last point I made but just um you know there the the scale at which it's being governed it's just it, the the issue isn't going to be handled with the care that it actually deserves at all. Oh, of course. And also like these slimy fucks they never have our interests in mind anyways, right? So it's like at the end of the day do you want to let these people have another win at dictating how regular working class people live their lives? I ultimately right. don't. Yeah. Right. And, and like, and, and, and I think that, I think that this is also like this specific topic, um, this angle on it is also why, you know, you were talking about, Oh, you're going to sound like a libertarian here, but I mean, I'm not a libertarian, but I feel like the patent, like patently the, the only acceptable position with just like in American politics right now is that, you know, in a perfect world, and maybe not everyone in our listenership agrees with this, but in a perfect world, I would support a strong centralized state. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I do not support it with current uh, conditions at all. Right. Mm -hmm. At all. Um, And so that's something I've been thinking about recently though. I've been really like trying to chew on that. Is that like a strong centralized state at what level? Are we talking about like a national level? Uh, are we talking about state levels? Um, because like I, I've been trying to think about how effective really can a strong centralized government be in a country as vast as the United States? Like how can it be mm-hmm. how effective can it be like in these things that we're talking about that require nuance? How can you how do you run that effectively? I, I know that it might, you know, there are probably solutions that people can talk about or they could, you know, bring up. And then I would probably say, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense and all. But in reality and, and in practice, will it work that effectively uh, at this scale? I don't really know. That's something that it's, I've been coming at odds with a little bit. Honestly, I would say, I would say like, no, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that, I think that you get, I mean, it's just funny, right? Because it's, it's, it's like so many aspects of America, which is like, it's, we're, it's, you know, America is at the heart of how we're talking about all of these things and all these concepts. Right. But also like it's, it's, 
the situation here is so different than anywhere else on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, you can point to like other big countries, um, you know, one of the, one of the issues with, with other big countries. And, and, and of course this is, this is the case in certain, certain limited aspects with uh, part of the, you know, continental United States. But like you look at China, right? China's like half fucking desert, dude. Like no mm-hmm. one lives in like 60% of China at least. Right. Um, and it's not really the case here. Right. Uh, we have a lot of fucking lands and we have a lot of people all the fuck over the place, which yeah. means that, you know, the, the different competing interests of, I mean, this is really the, the big thing, right? And maybe it's not even worth pointing out because it's so obvious, but like, it, it just means that the interests of everybody are just so wildly varied mm-hmm. that like, how can you even fucking organize that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things of, of, um, I don't know if there was a country the size of Washington state. um, Yeah. That's what I've been thinking. I've been thinking maybe like strong local state, you know, centralized government in a way. And then, you know, a loose connection or federation under a broader nation. Uh, But this still has good connections as far as like, I don't know. There's, there's still strong ties, but it's not like just making blanket, federal laws that go across yeah i mean um, you need to have strong ties because yeah. like half the fucking country just like withers and dies yeah you exactly don't have that right um but yeah 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 i mean uh yes centralized centralized government in the united states is is like not even really feasible which is also i think like that's and i've talked about this before too like i think that that's kind of part of like a that's kind of we've seen that play out with covid right of of basically mm. just being mm-hmm. like well you are going to have just like this this like big steel dildo of the state ramming you but it's going to be in these population centers um, yeah. and that's where most of the people are anyways right um and it's tough man because because honestly i mean like i want to i want to get further away from a population center but at the same time i think about uh, you know, I went out of town uh, a couple weeks back um, and, you know, my region gas is pretty bad uh, oh, yeah. with just like the national average. Uh, my region is particularly bad, but like, did I went out a little bit into the boonies and like gas was significantly worse. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking about like food shortages, all of that shit that get comes hit in the worst. Yeah, it's going to get hit the worst, dude. Um and so, you know, not, not to mention, you know, one thing that doesn't get talked about with rural pill, and I'm not, I'm not denouncing the rural pill completely here, but one thing that doesn't get talked about with the rural pill is crime. Crime is fucking higher mm-hmm. in, in these places. Um, and so, you know, it, you, you could probably make the, the argument that in a lot of these places, it's at least going to even out. Um, but it's different types of crimes too. It's, it's a lot like, of, it's a lot of theft. Yeah. Which fucking sucks. It and there's a lot of domestic of... issues. I feel like too, because people get out and left out on their own a lot. And like, you know, not every family is perfect. Uh, although, you know, we, we like to tout the family as a strong model, uh, with, you know, to build a community around, uh, in an ideal and perfect world it is. And in many instances it is now, um, mm. But for a lot of people, it's not. And, 
yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, like abuses of familial power that go on uh, in areas that are less checked on, you know, because I, li- I lived in an area that's, that was pretty rural for a good while while I was living in Colorado. And it was the place I lived, there was a ski resort. And so there was some money that was like adjacent to there. And so there was, you know, they had a little bit better resources than the areas around. Um, but the, the cities are not even cities, but little towns and such that were directly around you know several of them didn't have any police at all they just had state marshals uh that they were in the jurisdiction of state marshals and so like you know they it's like a fucking indian reservation yeah it's literally almost like just like the complete wild west which is in some degrees you know that's great and that's cool um but because of the fact that a lot of these places like they're it's a small night tight knit community in a way, but it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, everyone's living around the same city block or whatever. So, you know, it, it's people have a lot of space and they're not really up in each other's business a lot. And so there are things, there's positives and negatives in that. Um, but there are abuses of power that happen and there's, you know, there's a lot of like sexual abuse, you know, amongst, you know, family members or amongst, you know, school teachers and kids and for, you know, just whatever, um, around or like domestic violence and stuff like that too that occurs in these areas because I, I one of my friends when I was living there was like a social worker in these areas um, and she dealt a lot with just a lot of just really you know bad family situations and now also you could talk about you know a lot of these people are in these rural areas that have been you know they basically don't have great resources and accesses to things and either that's by choice or not uh, for some of these people but you know they they kind of there's a certain lack of resources and access to things that kind of breeds you know uh of of course of course issues crime and 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 the destruction of of social units and yeah absolutely absolutely and and i you know i would uh, I think I think the big thing that we haven't touched on yet in this topic is just um, drugs are a real fucking problem out in these mm-hmm. areas, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that just kind of underpins all. I mean, it kind of it encompasses all of it, right? Um, so you know, we're talking about uh, family issues. Um, it also, you know, if you're you know, uh, based bachelor moving out to the, moving out to the country, the, you know, the tweakers are going to affect you too. Oh yeah. There's a lot of meth heads out in, in some rural spots, bro. Yeah. I just realized talking about this, that to, to someone I know that listens to the show, this might sound like I'm directly talking about, about him, but I'm totally not, not a tweaker, but, <laughs> but, but, but somebody who's, who's thoroughly rural pill, but I'm, I'm totally not uh but anyways um yeah i mean i i think that i uh ultimately i would like to live a more in a more rural environment than i do now um i think kind of playing music and the type of thing that i do necessitates a little bit living at least close to urban centers um to a degree uh just because that's where like there's you know gigging and stuff like that and Hmm. just easier access but I do think that I would like to live somewhere. Ideally for me, I'd live somewhere that's like 45 minutes outside of a decently big city, 
maybe an hour or so to where I can access it pretty easily, but I have enough space that it feels like there's a breather um, and I can get some, you know, some property and be able to branch out a little bit and really like set up shop. Uh, Cause it's you, a, you can't really do that as far as land space in a city and B just cost wise. It's, it's so hard to do that in a city if you can find the land. Oh, 100% dude. I think just, um, I think just the feeling of claustrophobia that comes from a city is kind of the main thing that gets me. Um, Mm -hmm. I like, I feel like, uh, honestly, this is a big thing about, I mean, probably suburbs more than anything, but I also just hate, I hate the feeling of just living in a series of parking lots that are connected to each other. And like, that's basically it. Like just these little concrete canals connecting Mm -hmm. these like big, ugly concrete squares um and you know as fucking cringe as this whole idea that's currently working through just like the lower intestine of the leftoid machine online which is the like hating cars thing as cringe as that is like um dude community culture sucks bro it sucks balls dude and like and the way that our cities are are laid out and it doesn't have to be a big city just like the way our cities are laid out generally unless again like unless you're you're in one of these rural communities that gets to benefit from that shit in the cool way which is like everything is just super far away so you get like huge fields and shit and it's just nice and everything has room to breathe like the way we build suburbs specifically and cities is just like fuck man it is just like a bunch of fucking connected parking lots and it's it sucks dude and it Mm -hmm. and it and it's really bad for old beautiful architecture Mm -hmm. and for just anyways anyways it's a mental drain i think it's bad for the human psychology like i think living in i mean that's not even to speak about places like living in like a big ass city like in the middle of a big ass city like new york or like chicago or something like that Mm-hmm. Chicago so I mean I guess New York and Chicago both have like the sea or like they have a big lake next to them so there's like it feels like there's some space in some areas but otherwise it's just concrete and tall ass buildings that you're like you know if you're walking around on the ground you have to look basically straight up to see the fucking sky you know if you're trying to you just don't get the space to grow and you don't get the space like I think you grow into your environment a little bit as far as like Obviously, your environment in, informs who you are and how you grow and stuff like that. But I think it's almost like, I don't know, it's it, it can't be good for the brain and the human psychology to live in places like that where there's no vistas and where there's no sunlight and where there's no grass and vegetation. You can't get in contact with soil. And I don't know, it's, it's cringe as like, quote unquote, touch grasses. Like, touching grass is good. And like, getting in the soil is good. And having contact with nature and like actual life is good and not all this really sterile lifeless you know giant blocks i don't i don't know it can't it can't be good totally totally i think i think about uh i think about like you put a you put a fish in like a small tank and it's just gonna stay small i mean certain fish right but you put a fish in a big tank right um Mm -hmm. it, it will grow much bigger Mm-hmm. right or a plant obviously um so yeah i mean i don't know it's i'm generally just kind of like a, a stressed and anxious type guy which is you know 
That's the modern condition, bro. Exactly. I mean, it's whenever, whenever I'm talking to people, especially like people I'm just getting to know and I have to listen to like the hundredth person who describes themselves that way. I always kind of like cringe a little bit, but yeah. Um, well, I, I think that about myself and then I interact with some other people and I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. I must have a pretty level head on myself because these people are wound up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you're like well adjusted enough to actually like manage it in some form. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, what the fuck was I saying? Um, no, just with that con- condition makes it sound like a no, just like with that quality. Yeah, I don't know. Just. I mean, it's such a cliche, but yeah, like just the, 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 how rapid urban life is. And, um, just again, for me, it's just the space thing. Like, I feel like I can't like kick my legs up and just fully stretch out in a city in, in some sense. It's hard to put my finger on exactly. Um, the ultimate thing, honestly, at the end of the day for me is just that like, I, when I lived in the city for a number of years, um, it was, um, you know, having that like romantic attachment to it, right? Of mm-hmm. there's this is a cultural hub, and it's it's like it's like it's like uh, it's like travel, right? Like yeah. you're going to expand your horizons. Whoa, and and that was true uh, to to a certain extent, right? Um, I think that my time in the city, you know, I was like involved with music and stuff like that. And I think that I really like came in under the wire before everything like completely just had like the last little bit of life drained out of it. Um, with regards to culture. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like really kind of big on the idea of, um, I don't really think that like cool exists anymore like i don't think i don't think the concept of cool exists i think i think that uh i think the first response most people have to it that i'll say now is just that like i think that there's underlying traits uh that certain people just kind of naturally have in their nature that Mm -hmm. everyone is going to kind of generally consider cool and yeah i'm not i'm not really talking to that right i'm talking about cool in the cultural sense yeah. Right. Um, I don't really think it exists. Um, just for the simple fact of like, you can go, bro, you just go to enough fucking open mics and you just go to enough performances and like, and you see these people that, that hit the marks of just like dressing and speaking and performing in the ways that we kind of go like, all right, this is, this is that, this is that you're meeting the criteria Right. Um, it, you, 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 you see that and then you have a conversation with them and just like realize that they're just like complete brain dead normies, which is like the, mm-hmm. the absolute antithesis of cool in every way. Yeah. Uh, and it's just kind of one of these things of like, oh, right. Like we're just, and I'm, I don't want to make it sound like we, like we are cool by that. Like no one is cool. Because, like, because we fucking sit online and record a podcast, right? That's, like, deeply uncool, right? Yeah, it's but, like Sarah Case talking about, if you're into politics, it's not fucking cool. <laughs> no, it, it isn't, yeah. right? Um, but I guess what I am saying more than anything is just, like, our fucking culture is just so fucking spiderwebbed, windshield, fucking sh- just shattered. Um, any consensus um, 
you know, you like turn on the television or, or watch some clip of fucking SNL. And it's like the monoculture is, is like just completely shattered. It, it oh, yeah. just, it doesn't even make any sense. It's broken. Um, it has and... no, it has no staying power. It has no grasp on anyone either. Like no one is really into any of that. Like you're saying it's a quote unquote, the monoculture, but I think, I think like, like you're saying, you're saying it's shattered. I, it, I don't think that it really exists. Like, I think it's like, Right. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to force that now in a way. It's not even force it, but it's just like it's lost all of its cultural relevance, all of that stuff mostly. And so it's just kind of like pilfering out, trying to look back at like what did people do when they were culturally relevant and how do we try to redux that? Um, and so you get people like on the SNL doing like the most absurdest like gaff shit of all time that you're like, hey, who, how is this even, who is this for? Right. Right. Well, and, well, and, and, and the scary thing, right. Is that, uh, is that who it's for is basically like the people that are, that are, uh, the most valuable people in in electoral in American electoral politics, which is basically just like, which is basically just like, uh, like boomers, like boomer yeah, parents, yeah, yeah. and they're like PMC uh, successors, um, and those people, right? Like, as everyone gets more and more and more and more alienated, you just you just you just need to court these people, right? Like, we're not even at like even pretending anymore right and uh and the more those people you know live through all this shit and they themselves start to get alienated everyone is like really desperate for um like a meta narrative culturally Mm -hmm. in like Mm -hmm. any sense right and and you you talk to normies right and you know when you get onto a topic I mean, everyone's experienced this, right? Of like, you're talking to a normie and, and you're, you're talking about, let's say you're talking about a new issue, right? Like um, monkeypox and the CDC guidelines for monkeypox, right? Um, and like, you get to the part of the conversation where they haven't gotten their like marching orders from, from fucking centralized fucking corporate state media. Yeah. Uh, and they like get, this weird kind of like discomfort that washes over them. Right. And now it's like, all right, we're off script. You actually have to be like authentic. Yeah. No more teleprompter, no more cue cards. People are like genuinely scared. And part of that, right. Part of that is obviously that like, we're all programmed to just like discipline each other and like destroy each other um, in these conversations. But beyond just that, it's also just like, People don't understand what the fuck is going on. People have no fucking idea. People don't understand how the fucking economy works. Hardly anyone understands how any of this shit works. Everything's falling off the fucking rails. Nothing, there is no, um, and in a lot of ways, like a lot of this is good. There's no um, um, consensus anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really believe we're like, we're going into a true era of like post-rationalism. And like, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a good thing. Um, and man, I sure fucking hope so, bro. That's kind of like, I feel like that's something that like my like ideological and philosophical, like inspirations have been generally 
pointing at and nudging at over the past like several decades and so i think that it's good that that's actually like occurring because it, it, it's almost sounds like just gobbledygook like you know just some woo-woo shit when you first sure. start talking about it but it's i think it's actually true and i think it's necessary i think i think it's like you know we're we are in like a you know postmodernism is like you know all this deconstruction and stuff like that and there is a you know a general coming apart of narratives of ideologies of cultural trends and norms and this is causing a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of problems um but in you know, societal ills and such but i think that and then like as far as in a political sense it's a positive that not everyone's just completely on board and sold on some you know project when it's you know a bill of goods like a false bill of goods and it's not if it's if it if it was like everything was still the same as it is now as far as economic conditions and everything else but somehow we had some everyone's unified under the american ideal still that would feel fucked to me because i'd be like dude shit's really 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 fucked and it looks like no one's even reacting to that it seems as though that's not even being you know replicated in how people are thinking and how people are addressing their material conditions so i do think it's positive because it opens in the void it opens a gap for the establishment of a new uh meta narrative um ideally people that or I don't know if that's even possible, right? I, I think it is. I hope that it is. I think that we have the we have the possibility of getting, at least at some level, you know, societies on board with one semblance uh, of reality, and you know, on board with a general meta narrative. But it needs to be a better one. It needs to be a better, more spiritually fulfilling, and more uh, just economically correct meta narrative that can help individuals reach their fullest potential, help them reach their spiritual destiny, uh, and also provide for them while they're here, uh, and also stress the value of that collective spirit. Um, and doesn't just, you know, provide some sort of cover or justification for some ruling class bullshit, you know? Totally. Well, I think, I think, um, I mean, I can't, with like with the current consciousness, I can't even really adequately uh, come up with a, a very good um, uh, idea of what this future would look like necessarily. Oh yeah, but um, I I do think that um, here. Hold on, I just my computer just spurred out. Sorry, um, I do think that uh, it comes down to a similar place as the gun conversation we were talking about which is if we want to have um, a consensus, right? A healthy consensus running through our culture. Um, I think that we need to seriously be examining like the scale at which we're organizing yeah. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's the, and this is, a, this is, you know, I'm getting a little uneasy here because this also like, I want to emphasize because again, just to harp on like, I can't fucking predict what this future would look like. Right? Oh no, no, no. Um, but, but, but even more to that point, like I want to emphasize that 
I don't necessarily think that this is like I'm talking about the, this issue culturally, right? Because that's the topic. I don't even know if like what would work for that would also work politically, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know where one begins and one ends, right? But yeah. I do think that um, you know to get people on the same page, you need to, you know, if you if you want to write a song um, that like is going to be loved by by uh, everybody that listens to it, um, then like you should probably like have the audience of the song be relatively small and mm-hmm. like targeted you know what i mean uh it, it's and be in touch with what the interest of that audience is exactly these these giant blockbuster movies this is the this is the concept of it that everybody is completely uh familiar with is like these these giant blockbuster movies that are completely uh horrible and please no one are that way because they're trying to please everybody and so every you know and and, and that that's that's the way culture works at this scale yeah um and that would obviously need to need to change in a big way i i do think that um uh i ultimately think and i know that this is a little bit of an escalation of the of the conversation but i do think ultimately that um the like secular social technologies that we currently use to like have shared lore and just a cultural ethos generally like mm-hmm. the the secular tool set that we have is just like not the way it, it works no, right it's like, like gross operate generally just operating on the um on the assumption of just like the the rational autonomous individual um it is just like not really a way of having like a coherent large system no right? absolutely the fuck not i mean dude Look around this whole fucking planet right now. The promise of the rational set of operating and like that general mindset as the overall controlling and writing consensus is fucking, it's ringing hollow. Everything is fucked. Like you look at, we're literally destroying and like we're talking about with this concrete shit and with these parking lots. We're, what are we doing all this shit for? Why are we pumping up? foods with all of these crazy pesticides and shit and creating shit that it has diminishing nutritional returns and is causing other issues. Why are we doing all of these things? Cause none of these things are, are actually helpful. Uh, and they're essentially just all very like straight rational brained. Uh, well, we need to just worry about, you know, what's around us, uh, just material shit. We want to make sure that we up production, up profit, we want to be very sterile-minded and very cold and calculated. We want to do fuck all of that shit, dude, because that stuff's not human. That is not right. And uh, I think it's ultimately leading to a deep rot at the core of our society. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like ra- rationalism, like f- fundamentally, just in, in like in every way. Uh, we don't really like have a way of, um, we don't really have like a way of, uh, like qualifying like faith as as anything uh worthy of of you know informing one's decisions or mm-hmm. organizing we don't have a way of um really conceiving of ourselves as part of like a continuation in in time mm-hmm. uh and like with our with our lineage 
Um, well, okay, 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 okay. Hold on, because now we're discussing time. Well, I was, and, I mean, and you're talking absolutely. about lineage, and you're talking about linear. So to me, lineage, linear. Obviously, they share the same root here. Um, so, so where <laughs> that's as where, far as it goes, man. I swear. <laughs> where does this belief in linear time of years come into conflict with like lineage? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you're talking about our place in history and in time. How, how does that unfold with your scope of, uh, you know, not being sold on linear time? Uh, I'm, I, I'm also sympathetic to that. Just, just so to start this conversation off with, I just, I'm just curious. Yeah. I think, I think like, well, okay. When I think of like the lineage, my own, right. You think about like the most, the most immediate connection, right? Like my dad, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's less that, um, it's it's less it's less yeah about just this like just this simple um continuation mm-hmm. right and it's and it's more like uh the the note is played at his birth and the resonance of the note diminishes fully upon his death and then the second beat comes in with me Mm. And my note plays, and it's mm. and it's and it's the, and it's in the same key, yeah, uh-huh. right? And it and it's and it's it's cyclical, right? I'm it, mm. I'm the same thing happening again, right? Um, this it's, is very based, by the way. Yeah, it's like um, it's like it's always sunny, right? And you're like, all right, like Char- Charlie's the wild card, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm the wild card, and then my son is the wild card, and 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 there, there's the cast, right? There's the cast, mm-hmm. and like I will. I, well, see, now I'm doing the Bugman thing of, of literally comparing it to like a fucking sitcom. That's horrible. I, I'm disgusted by myself. <laughs> like, so right imagine now. this is the Big Bang Theory or was, How I Met Your Mother. It was like really cool when I was using the like, yeah, when I was using the like musical. Yeah, that uh, was metaphor. great. That was up my alley, bro. And then I just like snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. But um, yeah, that's that's how I think of that. Okay. Right? And yeah. so and so maybe yeah, I, I, I'm still gonna call it like a lineage, right? But your heritage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like this idea of, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like cheesy mom and grandma shit to just be like, Oh, like you look like your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the There's most of effect- that, well, it's beautiful. And yeah. the most, like one of the most profound ways, uh, I've felt of just like thinking about history is to like, look at like an old fucking picture of like your grandpa mm-hmm. and like, he does kind of look like you or mm-hmm. something right and, and you're just like oh man like like there was just kind of like a me that existed through that era right and so like oh man i wonder what that would have been like right like like it's i don't know it just feels it feels a little bit more immediate mm-hmm. and you could say and, and i don't want to hedge too much right but but you could say that there's something a little bit narcissistic about that and i don't see it that way right because i because i I hear that critique the same way i hear people saying wanting to have children is narcissistic is it's like no like there's it's like yeah i guess you could say that it's this um uh, not the self-hatred of narcissism but it's like this the love of yourself right i could see how you could make that argument but the self in question here isn't just yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like the self here is like the spark that exists within me, that exists within my father, Absolutely. which exists within his father mm-hmm. and, and so on and so on and so on. 
And, and, and of course, like the way I'm talking about it, like, it's not, you know, my dad is, is a completely different fucking person than I am. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I'm a completely different person than he is, but there is that spark there that mm-hmm. like that, you know, if you were of, if, you know, if you were of Scandinavian lineage, it's that spark that was, that was present when your fucking ancestors fucking landed on some fucking beach and pillaged a fucking village right mm-hmm. or just that and like that's fucking cool like that's yeah. important right and suddenly like the past exists in you mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. and also and and this is this is the real shit right this is the real shit that needs to be taken daily is like the future exists within you yes and bill nye and and aoc aren't aren't telling you what the future is like the biological imperative to fucking procreate and then have you present in that story is what the fucking future is. And it's going to look something like that fucking Viking landing on that beach. And it's going to look something like your grandpa when he fucking got to, you know, the United States. And it's going to look something like your father looking at you for the first time when you were like an infant and just like feeling his life click into place. Mm-hmm. Man, and... that's beautiful, Slob. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. That's life right there, baby. That's, that's everything. Life. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I like that. That's not narcissistic. Fuck that. Fuck whoever would say that's narcissistic, dude, because that's like, I don't even want to think about what kind of line of thinking you got to get to where you're like, man, caring about your place in history and your family and where you come from and how everything ultimately culminated uh, you know, all the things that they took to make sure that, that you, you came around here. And then also all the things that went into, you're, you're not just you, you're the collection of all of the, the people that came before you that were a part of your story, right? That your, mm-hmm. your dad, your mother, their experiences in their lives inform the way that their body forms and inform, uh, you know, how that spark is passed down to the next generation. And although there is, you know, that spark in that genetic information and ultimately that energetic signature that's passed down and collective memory, I feel like there, I don't know that it's like, obviously it's not like you can just tap in and be like, I remember what my ancestors experienced. It's like fucking, it's like, it's like literally the plot of Assassin's Creed. (laughs) You you get into a computer and you're like, now I'm in the, the, the fucking American revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like that. Although, I mean, that would be pretty. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, I don't. If they had that technology, I'd be really scared of it. And I. Just, this is this <laughs> the official Coh FedPost stance of man. Assassin's Creed has a has a pretty cool plot <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that is. I think there's something to that, right? Like, now obviously, you know, you're not in a loading. You know, you're not waiting there in the lobby waiting for. The, the civil war to load up or anything like that but right you right. are you do have the genetic information and the energetic information and the physical and spiritual information of the people that came before you and the things that formed their lives and formed their being and that's passed down through you so do you think do you think that like when your your obese uh black female hr manager is like uh is like having a panic attack and screaming it at you and your coworkers that uh it's a legitimate excuse for her to say that it's just generational trauma mm, from slavery see okay uh not really cuz at the end of the day you are an individual that does need to 
take responsibility for yourself and your actions in the current present time. And that mm-hmm. involves getting a hold of and making peace with and understanding in a healthy way how you've come to be and then letting that manifest through you in a healthy way that doesn't impact the people around you and you know in, in such a negative like you need to be still a level-headed and well-adjusted person in normal society like that's just like that is the way you need to be a person that's loving and caring in the here and now um but you you need to be informed by that sure like that doesn't mean that you know we just paper over that and say oh well that never happened and there isn't a deep legacy of trauma in you know the black experience in America I, there I mean it would be a lie to say that slavery wasn't a huge industry a huge crime against humanity that occurred here for a significant period of time until relatively recently in the scope of history um and all right all many... right see how we get it you're a lib right. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but but it, it's just no, no denying that right and there's no denying right. the way that that was then passed down through like you know, think about what segregation and city planning and, you know, the type of jobs that people were able to get and then how that informed those people's lives and then how that informed the information they passed down and then how those people that they create, how their lives are formed around that. And yes, we have made a lot of progress and there is, I think, ultimately now, uh, a lot of people are in the same boat of economic distress, but there is no denying that there is there's been a long cultural negative impact in a deep psychological level and physical level of exploitation for black people in America that is maybe more salient or more uh, immediately obvious and shocking and appalling than the just general class warfare that just takes place you know, for everybody, um, because yes, you know, white people were always poor here too. There was always poor white people and poor black people and poor white people have been working in terrible conditions and stuff like that too. But ultimately we, right. We weren't, we weren't slaves here in this country. Um, and so that, that, that does last for, that does mean something. And it does inform the way that your family goes on about that because it informs your conditions. And I do think your conditions and your environment, like we talked about with the plant and with the fish form how you develop. And while you do have that core spark and you do have that genetic code, uh, you know, things in your environment have the ability to affect that and to change the essence of that and tweak it and change what level of diminish it. And totally. Ways. I, I think, I think, um, I think it's really fucking funny that like CRK is gone for one week and we're already talking like fucking Native Americans. We're like, uh, as we already talked about with <laughs> just with the plant and the fish. <laughs> like, uh, no, but I, I think, um, man, I mean, it, it's so heated when we're when you're talking about blacks, right? Um, and you're and you're totally right. But I, I would even I would even say uh, 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 another really obvious example um that you know for 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 anyone that that has that like immediate um because it's such an in-group out-group distinction to talk about black politics now Mm -hmm. it's like radioactive right look at look at the the way that this concept 
plays out in a city like fucking Boston with the amount of fucking sexual abuse that happened through generations there, right? Mm-hmm. With the church yeah. and just in community centers generally in the fucking city. I mean, it's right. So yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Much similar to the uh, to the plant and the fish. Yes. Um, not to bust your balls there but uh no but, but no but that, i think that that goes back to speaking on why i do think that that we we do have there is a need for a new cultural you know meta narrative and new cosmological story in general that that can kind of help to understand this concept um mm-hmm. without just using it as a way to justify you know, antisocial behavior or whatever, but in a way to understand that you are a piece of history. You are, you are a part of an ongoing system. You are a part of a living and breathing giant fucking tapestry of life that's occurring all around us. And it has been going on and you are just a part, a, a link in that. And uh, you, in that, you have a lot of a responsibility, but you also have a lot of stuff that just kind of forms you. You have a lot of stuff from the past and cultural ideas, and you have a lot of uh, just things that in your family and stuff that inform the way that you live. And there are there is a deep importance to that, and it goes beyond just the material level of having genetic information and stuff. And there is a deeper spiritual truth there. And the reason why it is such a beautiful thing to look into, you know, the eyes of someone like if you have a, if you have a child or for your grandmother to say, oh, you look just like your grandfather or whatever. And you're able to remember that in that way. The reason why that that is such a powerful moment isn't strictly just because you can see your genetic information in them and you can see that I look the same or whatever, but it's because there is a deeper process happening there. And it is grand and fantastic and we need to cherish it. And I think we need something that can speak to that. Now, do I think I know that I can prescribe the correct, uh, you know, cultural narrative or the correct, just general meta narrative for life or a cosmological story? No, I don't think that, I don't think that we're going to have that anytime soon. I think we're, it's, we're entering a period of darkness ultimately uh, a lot of groping around the darkness of people just not knowing what the fuck is going on not really people trying out a lot of different prescriptions um and i think that there's going to be a lot of turbulence and it's not going to be right for a long time and i don't think we'll ever probably see well this is this is where i have a strong opinion on this topic and this is this is because we need to look at power structures in, in this case and the fact that uh, this isn't just this this natural progression that's playing out. There's very obviously a product for sale right now mm-hmm. that is um, like replacing uh, just previous metaphysical uh, systems and, and yeah. it's and it's it's climate change is one of the is is one of the biggest ones in my mind, right? Uh, uh, you could say it's 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 woke shit, but to me, um, ultimately, um, it comes down to the fact that um, normies, not every normie, 
a lot of normies. And again, at least in those two demographics I laid out that everything is marketed towards, and those are the only people that anything needs to be marketed towards. Um, they like think the world's going to end in like nine years. Yeah. Right. They like think the world's going to end in nine years. And fundamentally, and, and and you and everyone listening to this, I I will guarantee has heard people talk like this before. Um, people talk about human beings at scale as like fucking bugs, dude. Mm-hmm. They talk or about viruses, or like anything. a like we're a virus on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And and what they do, right, is that they is that they uh they are absolute misanthropes of people uh at at scale like that and mm-hmm. then they they acknowledge the the value of the individual uh, or the value of the human being at the individual level and specifically like at the level of like the ego right oh yeah and it's exactly mm-hmm. ass backwards right yeah, of like course. look at this entire fucking this entire process that we're all a part of and like that is where we fucking matter you as a fucking individual as this little as liberalism and rationalism makes you this little brain in a glass jar floating through the world with with your with your just little personality traits that are that are according to you created in a vacuum not according to you coh but yeah yeah, yeah, hypothetically Mm -hmm. um that you don't exist like that doesn't exist that's not fucking real yeah that's nothing that's nothing um and in in my mind uh the the things that the things that climate cult takes from people uh is just so egregious and so fundamental um that it's it's like a really it's like a really in my mind it's like probably the most pressing threat outside of just basic again like uh, uh, like liberalism and, and just basic rationalism but but i don't really think of those in the same way because that's just going to be like a dialectic right but like but with there, when it when it comes to like uh climate change we're talking about like an explicit uh coordinated like huge coordinated conspiracy to like create a new consciousness in people um mm that's what i see it as right and um and that's yeah i mean that's bad you can't you also can't separate climate change in my mind from the cult of scientism right like 100 100 and, and that rationalism that's involved there too totally that's that is a very that is a very very good point i guess that's just what i was saying is just that like rationalism and liberalism like that's that's kind of a dialectic process right like yeah like you can you can see like that's the funny thing about like of woke shit right is that really it's just a chapter in like liberalism like breaking down as as a machine right Mm -hmm. because uh because it's like super illiberal in, in a bunch of ways right that's like that's like the whole kind of normie thing of, I mean, I guess it's not totally normie, but just like the, the civil rights act and things like, um, things like affirmative action were like, were like long ago, decades ago, nails in the coffin of, of like liberalism as a prevailing dogma in American political economy. 
um, and and like there's consensus. There was consensus around uh, around those those things, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so th- that's like it's it's less like um, that. Like liberalism and rationalism are like organic in my mind. Like they're just going around. They're fucking. They're they're super deeply ingrained, right? But but I'm taking exception with climate change because climate change is literally a fucking conspiracy. Yeah, I would say okay. So mm. or 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 not not the, the narrative of, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's I like think COVID. that's correct. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I th- I get what you're saying that there's a separation where it's like this is, although yes, it is a product that is formed in the scientism and and steeped in it and used as scientism as the justification for it. Um, It's not solely a product of just like an organic product of that because it's kind of being crafted and formed into this very like anti-life, anti-human general narrative. Now, I would say that mm, a lot of rationalism and a lot of scientism in general is anti-life uh at, at its core oh 100 but i would say that this is like the narrative around climate change in itself is really bad shit really wrong and it's despicable because it preys on the fact that human beings are deeply tied to the earth and human beings are although we although maybe not everyone is i think that most people understand at their core, like the earth is important, right? It's, it's where we get our life from our life source from. Um, I mean, we are deeply tied to it. We, we, there's no, you know, escaping it. You could, you could try to go and live on Mars or whatever, fuck with Elon Musk and such, but like, that is going to be, that's not right. That's not where people are meant to live. People are here on the earth. And so there is a deep tie and care for the earth amongst people. And I think that there is also, uh, within our current system, very profit driven system, a deep disregard in our systems and in our industries and in our mode of production and general mode of life for the earth and for natural systems in general. And so I think because they're at odds with the rational and the profit driven, the just very cold and sterile materialistic mindset it, they're at odds with it and so because of that i think that there are deep issues within the way that we're treating our environment i think that there is generally climate catastrophe not climate catastrophe but like natural catastrophe occurring environmental catastrophe. environmental yeah environmental catastrophe not climate catastrophe because that plays into the framing ultimately of this idea that it's like this metaphysical climate and that it's, you know, driven by numbers of carbon and this and that and the other that are just not even really the real issues I feel like that are tangible in normal people's lives. But I, I do think that there are environmental catastrophes occurring. I think that we are very, very backwards in our approach to natural resources and our use of them. Um, but I think that that's not a human thing. I think that's ultimately a product of, the economic system and kind of production mindset that is prevalent and also a product of post-industrialism very much so largely or just industrialism in general, but then everything that's come after it too. Um, And so I think that, I think that there's, 
a truth to the concerns in environmental, uh, you know, policy. Like there, there is environmental issue. There are environmental issues. There are things that we need to change our mode of production. We need to change the way that we are treating the environment, and we need to change our conception of our place within the earth and within the universe, etc. But I don't think that that is the main driving force right behind the climate change narrative that's common and culturally prevalent and politically prevalent at this time. And it is, that is largely, like you're saying, I think a manufactured like false consciousness that's occurring. And they're using that in order to promote this like deeply anti-life nihilistic mindset that can help to justify and continue the plunder that's occurring all around us because it it, in, it invites a sense of, oh, well, there's no future. There's no tomorrow. There's nothing. I don't need, I shouldn't have kids. That's the real under, be around. That's the big underlying thing is that yeah. people don't like without a future, like what's people, anything for people become psychopaths without mm-hmm. a concept of the future. Like you don't, the guy that cuts you off, you, you don't, you don't like ram into his fucking car because like, things will happen after that moment when you yes. ran into his car, you know, uh, I, I'm being kind of dramatic. Obviously people think that the moments after a car accident are still going to exist, but you understand <laughs> what I'm illustrating. Yes. 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 Of course. Um, and, and also though, like in a world that is so divorced from any sense of spirituality, any sense of, you know, eternal life or after life, any sense of Akashic record or just general, like, lasting moral inventory that is going to, you know, drive and impact the way that you live eternally without a sense of eternity. Uh, And when we are tied to just our material lives here alone, when there is no future, there is absolutely no reason, I feel like, for, you know, a lot of just general good pro, pro social and life behaviors um because you're not planning you're not trying to plan for a future you're not you're not worried about how you know what will happen in the for you how your actions are affecting your just your general scope of life because i mean you don't have to i guess you don't have to believe in the afterlife or whatever to be a good person right you can have a good moral compass because you think it's important to care for the people around you right now but I mean, when the cultural narrative is so nihilistic and just like no future, that doesn't breed that type of morality or that type of mentality. That's something that is more exceptional in such a culture. I mean, people can also like, you know, have a symbolic appreciation for the concept of the afterlife, you know, like it doesn't always, it all, it doesn't always need to be like the only way we talk about it is just like straight up cut and dry literal. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you know, don't live in a sinful way because then like you will become a person who is just like, whose life is dominated by sin. And now you've like created hell. You know, Mm -hmm. now, now, now I think like, I, I think that like, 
like transubstantiation like like the 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 bread is jesus's body right like these these taking like the the act of like making it it's not it's not like symbolic at this point like i'm like taking this thing that mm-hmm. i know is like a leap of faith and i am and i'm like i'm saying it's fucking literally real right like i think mm-hmm. that's like that's a thing that's really fascinating to me that i think is really important in for just like this and entire thing right um but and i think that that's kind of the magic of like thinking about the afterlife i think that's kind of the magic of religion in a lot of ways generally outside of just like shared lore that goes back but um but yeah i I mean just again just this idea of um hell heaven and hell like don't need to be uh, a place that's outside of 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 where we live necessarily mm-hmm. um i mean I, also, I think i think that a lot of people already understand that but yeah but but yeah and also like we were talking about with the passing down of the spark and you know the vital energy and energetic signature of your life and your ancestor's life i mean if you are someone who lives in a sinful or hateful and you know debaucherous way that's going to affect and diminish or change at least impact that spark in one way or another. And that's going to be passed on. And even if you don't have other, if you don't have kids or anything like that, it's going to be passed in down in the lives of your loved ones, because you are then creating the environment around those people, at least at times and affecting their environment, which is affecting how they are and their experiences in their life, which is then affecting their individual spark and, 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 their life source and vital energy so you know you like i guess you're saying here it doesn't have to be necessarily the idea that oh there's a heaven and there's a hell or whatever like that but or specifically like as places that you go to when you cross a bridge which which obviously for the record there is yeah yeah i mean i believe so too i don't know that i believe exactly in the conceptions that are completely popular and you know individual religions but i do i do believe that there are uh places that you will in lives that you will live um after this one and that they are tied to the nature in which you live your life now um and i think that and how you impact others around you but even if you don't <laughs> the twist worry is that coh that, is from india yeah i'm about to just break into some like hindu reincarnation (laughs) shit but uh yeah i mean i think that you don't have to necessarily believe that and but on a basic level like we're talking about here it and even on a material level of life you're impacting just the environment of those around you and then whoever comes after them because they are built by those that came before them and so in that way you are you are creating and bringing it into effect in the world and on other planes of reality and existence, whatever you're manifesting and however you're acting, that is affecting those. And so you should be conscientious of that uh, just in general. And we should have yeah. a meta narrative that speaks to that and a cosmological story that accounts for that and doesn't brush that all aside as, you know, oh, well, that's not founded in anything that I can prove or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's okay sometimes to not have any specific proof. It's okay sometimes to believe and feel things and know things to be true that you cannot see and that you cannot 
tie down and pin down scientifically or with numbers and figures and spreadsheets. Right. If I if I can't quantify it and when did you get a did you get a Snopes fact check on that? <laughs> well, shit. That was a Pin- that's three Pinocchios there. At that's least three Pinocchios. Easily three Pinocchios. <laughs> if we're just getting started here, I need I need some broad on antidepressants living in Chicago. That was part one of our episode. If you'd like to listen to part two, you can find that at patreon.com slash fedpost. Thanks for listening.